guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza, joined by my brother, Tony Frezza. And today we're gonna be talking about, does a lesson plan suppress fun and creativity in your coaches? And I have a lot of conversations with gym owners, and one of the things that I see a lot, we, I talk about lesson plans and the importance of it, and a gym owner will often express that they don't wanna to put too much structure on their coaches because they want the coaches to be able to give their own personal flavor, their own personal creativity to each of those classes. And Tony and I actually had a recent conversation where um, I gave him some feedback on his coaching, and we kind of got to the bottom of where that struggle was, and it was related to him wanting it to feel fun for the members and not wanting to put too much structure in. So I'll let you, Tony, explain kind of what your evolution was, your thought process was on that. Yeah, I think I always want I always want to come off as like the fun coach. Um, for me, like growing up in mostly in sports, but also in school, like I always resonated with that teacher, that coach that was a little more fun, a little more laid back. Um, I never really like connected with like the drill sergeant coaches. So when I became a coach, I was like, I'm going to be the fun coach. Like I'm going to make sure that like people love me. All right, which is kind of like a little bit of like an approval thing. Like I just want people to like me. Um, but I, I think that um, I've learned this the most coaching kids because when it comes to coaching uh, five and six-year-olds and I coach uh, five, six, seven, and eight, um, they kind of just take advantage of the fun coach. You know, if you had a fun substitute teacher in school, you, you know, they didn't exactly get the best out of their students, right? They usually got um, the worst behaviors. Um, which led to a not so fun class for everyone. Yeah, and that's what we're really trying to get at today is like how do you create the most fun experience for everyone in the class? And I was realizing that like in my kids classes, especially that I really needed to have like some structure um, in order to be fun. Yeah. So it kind of came back to like something that I use in my life um, is, is the quote discipline equals freedom. You know, Jocko Willink quote. Um, I've used it in my nutrition. I've used it in my workouts. And I hadn't really used it in my coaching before. And I was like, you know what? Like this really applies to coaching where the lesson plan is the discipline. Mm -hmm. Like putting that in place, putting the structure in place is the discipline. And then you're allowed so much freedom once the discipline's in place. Yeah, I agree. It's huge. I think it's, it's a constant um, battle or finding of our own way as coaches to figure out what level of discipline are we happy about and excited about that gives, allows us to deliver the best product because yes, we need to create results for people in order for them to keep coming and want to show up and want to pay us what they pay us each month. But at the same time, it needs to be fun and social and high energy and exciting. And the balance of that can be tricky. And um, I know at times I've probably gone too far of prioritizing more of the, the coaching side of things. and almost treating classes more like seminars where it's extremely structured and I'm over explaining stuff. I'm, I'm over giving in terms of information. I'm trying to keep people really in line. And um, I, my tendency is to do that. And I think then there's opposite coaches, which is, well, I don't want to have that. And then it becomes very lackadaisical. There's not a lesson plan. There's not a lot of structure. Maybe they go over a lot. They take up big chunks of time where people are standing around. And I think it actually gets worse sometimes in those lackadaisical coaches because there's more downtime, there's less time to do individual connections with people because you're just trying to manage and herd stuff all the time. Yeah, and I think if you are, if you are the more 
technical coach, that's your personality coming out. Yeah. And I think that's the best part about a lesson plan is that it just make it just allows your true personality to come out. So so having more, I guess, you know, technical teaching to your to your lesson plan isn't necessarily too much structure. Yeah. Right? It's just this is my personality being able to be free, right? right. With the de- discipline of a good lesson plan. Um, so like one of the freedoms of having discipline in a lesson plan is nerding out on stuff, yeah. right? You can just nerd out. Once you know you have the warm up and workout and cool down planned, you're like, that's where I'm gonna nerd out, Yeah. right? And you have that planned out. I'm sure you can relate to Oh that. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know um, actually yesterday's lesson plan that I built out, once I was able to build that time for like a core wad because we had a f- open-ended core wad, I was like, okay, cool. I have 20 minutes by the time that workout has to start that I can plan a warm-up and some good skill prep. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, I want to dedicate 10 minutes to some good skill prep. How do I want to build this out? What do I want to focus on? And that becomes really fun and exciting for me. And then where I think the structure really translates in that is because I've spent the time and energy, I've spent a lot of time and energy building that out. And for another coach every day to come in and coach after me and try to have to redesign the wheel, I think is really silly and stupid because I just spent 40 minutes as the opening coach creating the detailed minute by minute lesson plan. I spent that time, I spent that hard work to think about how can we create the best possible experience. That doesn't mean that that coach can't evolve it and make modifications to it, but for them to come in and say, well, I want to be creative or fun or bring my personal flair and I'm going to start from scratch, I'm going to start from ground zero without taking all this great thought and consideration that Andrew already put in, that to me is just a waste of really good information, really good planning that you're getting rid of when there's still that ton of flexibility. I mean, if someone wants to change a movement, it's easy. Um, you had mentioned, I think, in your, we'll talk about it in a second, of, as it relates to like improv, is you have to have something to evolve in order to evolve it. So rather than having this blank slate, it's way easier to make evolutions to something rather than to restart from scratch. Yeah, and I do want to get to that. I want, yeah. to, I want to hit on some of the more freedoms that we see, kind of point yeah. by point, um, with classes. Um, you know, I think a big one for me is like getting to coach the individual and kind of getting away from the movements. Yeah. So you get to you actually get to dive into like, okay, what's this individual doing and how can I give them the best cues to get better? Um, also like, how can I get better at problem solving, right? Because I think a big, a big part of discipline leads to creativity and in order to have creativity, you gotta, um, you know, you gotta have, be able to problem solve in a place of freedom. Yeah. Right. When when we're when we're feeling at our most constrained, that's when our brain kind of shuts off. Yeah. When we feel at our most free, that's when our brain is the most. Oh wow! I see this this answer to this problem. I see this answer. You've probably felt it before when you're coaching a class. Like you're able to be like, oh yeah, I want I want you to do this today for this injury modification. Yeah. Right. Oh, I want the class to move this way in in the heats. And you just kind of get the problem solving like out of the way, or you have the freedom to problem solve. Yeah, I think a lot of people are getting a chance to get a taste of this right now with COVID restrictions. So probably have taped lines on the floor, mm-hmm. you're having to structure things a certain way. And one of the things that we've realized over the years is through having more structure on our floor plans and our staging notes in our lesson plans, 
we've been able to fit more people in the building and those people feel like they have more space and freedom. You know, you can argue that, okay, when I have a 10 by 10 box that I have to stay within, it's limiting me. I'm not able to now move across the whole gym and do pull-ups in one spot and box jumps in another and have my barbell bouncing all over the place in another spot. But realistically, when you get in that 10 by 10 spot and you have your pull-up bar and your bar and your box all there, and you know that that's just for you, you actually feel more free to do whatever you want within those boundaries. And then as coaches, it gives us more freedom to know, I know I can walk through this lane and know I'm not interfering with someone's space. I know I can coach this person and not be in the way of someone else. You get more freedoms that way as well. And I think that's, that's the same thing that's happening on a macro scale with our lesson plans. If we say, hey, today's, today's standard is pull-ups, our first go-to is gonna be a jumping pull-up or a lap pull-down. We're not saying that no matter what, you have to use this as your scale. We're saying that that's our best go-to today. Mm -hmm. And you can say, you know what, I, I like what you're saying there, but for this athlete, I'm not quite seeing it being the best. I'm gonna use this instead. But because we gave you that great go-to, you now have something to uh, challenge or, or um, modify versus we don't say anything. And now every coach is like, well, should I do ring rows today? Should we do jumping pull-ups? And then, you know, one coach is always going to ring rows, the other coach is always going to jumping pull-ups, and there's not this consistency amongst the staff. Yeah, and that, I think that preparation, that structure, it leads to, it leads to you answering the most frequently asked questions before they're asked. Yeah. So, like, a big part of, like, lesson planning is, is making it, like, invisible to the audience. And that's, that's another thing about improv. It's like, it always seems like they're just coming up with this stuff from out of nowhere. But really, they have like rules to improv. Yeah, there's rules to our class, right? So even though the tape lines have come up, we still know as coaches that hey, the layout's going to work like this. The rowers are going to work like this. Like we still have that structure, even though some of the obvious things to our members have come, you know, have been made invisible. Yeah, I love it. Um, do you want to dive into the improv, the improv mindset, and talk a little bit more in the details behind that, or do you have something else before that? Um, yeah, just I think that, you know, with this freedom thing still, connecting with your clients, you know, getting to ask them on a personal level, like, hey, how are you, how are you, not just how are you doing here, but how are you really doing? How's your family doing? Yeah. Um, get to know them on a deeper level, I think is huge. Um, so what, like one way that might show up is if you have, if you have a warm up and let's say it's a coach led warm up, if you have a clock set for like 30 on 10 off or 30 on 15 off, you're very clear about when you can talk to a client and when you have to get back to the middle to explain what that next movement is, right? So in that case, that structure that, in our case, we have a, beep, a clock that actually beeps, you know, it will beep when it's three, two, one, and it'll give you that beep. So if I get caught up in a conversation, if it's a normal coach-led warm-up where I'm just roughly doing 30 seconds of movement, I could get caught up in a conversation for 60 seconds and not realize that I have the rest of the class just doing pass-throughs for 60 seconds. Whereas yeah. if I have a clock that will beep at the 30 second mark, I might have gotten distracted and gotten really present with this athlete, but now that beep pulls me out of it and then I have that 10 seconds to explain the next movement before we go into it. So it's just another small example, micro level of how this plays out. And it goes on infinitely. Like you could you could add on, okay, in that coach-led warm-up, it's gonna be a dynamic movement into more of a static stretch. And I'm gonna alternate for you know five rounds of each. 
And now you know, like, if you drift away from the whiteboard and you're like, wait, what movement was next? Oh yeah, it's a jumping jack. Because yeah. I remember it's a dynamic movement. So you kind of keep yourself, you know, you can get creative and drift away without leaving the structure altogether. Mm -hmm. um, what else did you have for freedoms? Um, yeah, and uh, so the true personality of the coach. I want to just reemphasize that because actually this morning when I was coaching, I got a compliment from one of our clients who's been here really since day one of our gym opening over eight years ago. He's just like, man, I have to compliment you guys on how much I love your coaches. <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, what, you didn't love the ones before? <laughs> no, but he's just, he was just saying like, he's just, I just love every single class. The experience with every single coach is so great. And we didn't get too deep into that conversation, but I started thinking about like, why, why, would he, why would he feel so compelled to say that? And I feel like he was feeling like the personalities of our coaches are just so great and really show through in the yeah. class because we're so good about, guys, this is a lesson plan for the day. We put so much thought into it. Um, it's consistent from class to class. So the afternoon coach is really intentional about following the lesson plan um, that the morning coach set. But then they have that freedom to bring their personality, and I think that personality showing through is what our members are really loving and yeah. and telling us, um, you know, that they love it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so the whole thing about the improv it actually came up in a book I'm reading called *The Art of Impossible: A Peak Performance Primer* by Stephen Kotler, which is an author you introduced me um, from to from his other books, and he has these seven ways to hack creativity in his book. And um, actually number five of his book for that a creativity hack is think inside the box. So he says that typically think outside the box is how the saying goes, but we probably have it backwards. We should learn to think inside the box because constraints actually drive our creativity. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So when I think about when I was doing a lot more programming, one of the things that always used to help me was this framework of the categories of movements. So we have squat-based movements, hinge-based movements, upper push, upper pull, and then you can break that down to a vertical pull, a horizontal pull, and then I, I, we bucketed like core and carry movements together, cardio movements together, and that's how we think about these different movements. And then bilateral versus unilateral movements for these different categories. So then when you're looking at a week and you go, man, what goes really, really well here? And that, in that moment, you need creativity, right? You need that creative idea to spark. Well, then you start going through your process. You go, well, hey, what does the week look like already? Hey, Monday, we have a bilateral squat. Tuesday, we have a, a unilateral hinge. Wednesday's a really cardio-focused day. Oh, wow, we don't really have a lot of upper pushing. Um, and we don't really have a lot of unilateral, week, unilateral stuff in this week outside of Tuesday. What would be a cool unilateral upper body push that we haven't done in a while or that we want to introduce to the members? Oh, what about that idea? You know, what about a single arm thruster? What about uh, a single arm loop bridge bench press or something like that? You start to then become, be, be able to tap into these more creative elements because you now have these constraints that you're shooting for and you're building and working within patterns. Yeah, and you're setting that pattern out into the future. So yeah. I don't want to go too much into programming talk, but like you don't just program a week at a time. You know, have your weekend as fun as you can and then be like start on Monday again and be like, oh yeah, I got to do this all over again from step one. You know, you're, you're seeing out into the future so that like the structure is already set for the future weeks, which I think is really helpful to people who program. Um, which he kind of says, the author says um, that he has uh, like 
constraints on his his writing, which which I really like because I like writing. So I really like felt um, I, this uh, quote resonated with me. He says, "Limits drive creativity. The blank page is too blank to be useful." This is why in my work, one of my cardinal rules is always know your starts and always know your endings. These are the limits that liberate. And so when we apply that to like the gym, it's like, or the lesson plan, it's like, you know that warm up, you know that workout, or you might know skill work before the workout, you know the workout, you know the cool down and or core piece after. Like those are the things, those are the checkpoints or the bookmarks that you're like, let me just know those and know them well because I can fill in the gaps with, with what I bring to the table. Yeah, and when we look at a lesson plan, ultimately our workouts, we never try to build out more than 30 minutes of the lesson plan is accounted for in the workout. So in a 60 minute FTX class, our general rule of thumb is we're gonna program about 26 to 30 minutes of actual strength plus skill, strength plus Metcon, long Metcon, it's gonna to tend to fall in that range. So that means there's 30 minutes for the lesson plan person to have freedom and creativity around. Mm -hmm. And then they only might account for, I mean, they're gonna account for the 30 minutes, but in terms of the actual warm up aspect of it or the cool down, that, they might only account for an additional one third to half of that. So there's an additional 10 to 15 minutes there that are really flexible in the sense that you have the chance to deliver a whiteboard presentation that is completely your own that has your style that has your flair that has something meaningful to you you have the ability to infuse some jokes some one-on-one -on -one interactions you have so much that you can infuse to that class that is a hundred percent you and um, if you're if you're if you're needing the programming to do it i think you're missing the boat i think that if if you feel like the workout needs to look a certain way for you to see value in it then I think more often than not, it's on you. There certainly is bad programming out there, especially if you look at an aerial view of weeks and months of things that might be too repetitive or too much volume. But realistically, I think a great coach can take any individual day and, and sell it. And, and not just sell it from a surface level, but connect with it on a deep level and find an angle to it that is so valuable um, for the members, um, and it could be something small. It doesn't have to be this massive purpose for the day. It could just be, I want you to focus on this element of this movement, and we're going to get this element of this movement dialed in really well today, and I'm going to come around and coach you and help you with it, and we're going to make it look good, and that could just be their thing for today. But I think that's where the, the freedoms and flexibilities come in when the other stuff is taken care of. Yeah, and it's a lot of preparation, too. Like, um, you know, this we really want, like, the coach who, like, will look at a, a workout that they're supposed to present to the class like typically like 10 minutes before and be like okay i know it and like go do it like spend 20 minutes before that like to really like know what you want to do there and like what you want to accomplish yeah right i think that's that's such a huge part is like this preparedness piece i mean we we even timestamp our like you know the warm-up's going to run for six minutes so this is where it's going to fall within the hour and like we timestamp the whole hour i mean you alluded to it before saying I wrote out my core wad knowing how much time I had in the beginning of class. Yeah. Like you knew the end before the beginning. And I think that's a huge part for developing structure. Yeah. Um, just let's talk about the improv because I think it's such a good example of how this plays out. And like you said, there's to the to the viewer, it doesn't. It, it appears to be very haphazard or just loose creative flow that's happening whereas behind the scenes there's actually a lot of structure that's underlying the great improv show 
Yeah, there's actually like a lot of rules, which I thought were really cool. And it's, it's rules I've heard in business before. It's like, like one of the rules is like, try not to, try not to say no, try not to deny, um, but try to say yes and, and add something to the conversation. Um, don't just ask like open-ended questions, but try to like offer somewhat of a solution or offer new information and then ask a question. So it's re really cool, like these, these rules, I would definitely recommend uh, any business owner or coach will look them up because um, I think they could get a lot out of them. Yeah, I've, I've heard the yes and one and you're not necessarily openly saying the words yes and what you're doing is it, you're acknowledging what that person acted out is true and also this is true versus saying no to that or that's wrong with your actions or your words. You're, you're building on that and you're adding to the conversation. Yeah. So there's just all these like different these rules of improv that the audience doesn't see, but it's there um, in place, like as part of the act. Um, so what happens very naturally, as we would hope our classes happen very naturally, it's actually very planned. Um, so I think like I think coaches are very much performers in a sense. Yeah. Right. So we're trying to bring the best performance possible. It has to come from having some rules um, in place. Yeah, you forgot the Michael Scott rule, which is always bring out a gun in improv. That's from The Office. <laughs> and every every scene he was in, he just brought out a gun, and they were so pissed off at him. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, they, you, you have some of the rules here of like avoiding asking questions, always play in the present and use the moment, establish the location early, who you are and what the, what, what the scene is about early in the scene, so the audience has some context, and I think that's just... It's so cool because you see these, I mean, we've, we have a local group that we haven't been to in a while since COVID, but we used to go once every six months and they were just phenomenal. And it just, you see these things be pulled out of left field. But now that you see some of these rules, you're like, okay, I get it. They're, they're looking for something related to a scenery, right? They're looking for, to establish who it, who's here and what this is all about. And that's where the creativity comes is that they know these patterns the same way I just explained it with the programming is the, when I, once I have these buckets and I become skilled in this, I can think of 20 different movements that fall into this category. And then if my partner's really good about saying yes, and what if we added this to it, right? If I say, well, what if we did a single arm bench press? And they're like, yeah, and what if we did it from a glute bridge? And then they're like, yeah, and what if we actually had them do two arms, but both arms were getting locked out and we're gonna do an alternating bench press. And you're just building on these ideas because we have this framework and our goal is to, to be yes and, yes and. Yeah, we had to do that a lot during COVID in the boxes. <laughs> yes. yes and, and what else are we gonna do with one dumbbell yeah. in the box, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's really all we had delivered. Do you have anything else that you wanted to close out on, Tony? Yeah, just to say like, when you see those people on stage, if you've ever been to an improv show, um, probably drill sergeant or um, prepared, structured, is probably the last thing on your mind. Like, that's what you want to appear to be, is, is to have so much structure behind the scenes or strong, so much structure in your head that you know, like, you can just be free and give your best personality to uh, the class and your best performance. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, if you haven't yet joined our Facebook group, we have a Rockstar Coaching Facebook group. Um, I forget the link, but you can shoot me an email, andrew at fittown.com, and I'll send you the link over there. 
Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Before I let you go, I have two quick favors to ask. Number one is we have a brand new Facebook group for coaches out there, or if you're a gym owner, you can send your coaches to that group, and that is the Rockstar Coaching Group. This is gonna be a great place for you to see videos and content that I don't post on podcasts or YouTube, so exclusive content and conversations where you can ask questions and get feedback from some of the best coaches in our industry. So if you wanna join that group, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash rockstar coach and the number seven. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash rockstar coach and the number seven. And then my second favor to ask is if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. It really helps us expand our reach and personally just adds a lot of motivation and inspiration for me to put out more content for you guys. So appreciate you guys for doing this. Thanks again for listening.